Coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, Brad with Trail Recon is back to make us all jealous with his brand new Gladiator JT. This week in Jeep, we're going to hear about a Jeep recall that has triggered a rare stop sale order from FCA, and one good dumb criminal story deserves another. Following in the footsteps of last week's show, I've got a good one for you. In Wrangler Talk, Tammy's Jeep has three floors and mine doesn't. Does that make hers better? And Nikki G is stealing control arm bolts and duct taping socket sets. We've got a whole bunch more show coming up, so stick around. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about... Jeeps! There we go. I like it. Hi, I'm Tony, and if it ain't bright, it ain't right. It should look like a freaking UFO coming up behind you. Hey, I'm Josh, and I don't have to drive my Jeep anymore, and I'm just fine with that. Hi, I'm Tammy, and now I'm known as the Mama of Jeep. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Looking for a way to support the show? I bet you are. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and press the big Amazon button there. You'll be taken right to the magical land of Amazon's online shopping. While there, anything you purchase will give the show a few cents while costing you absolutely nothing more. If you like what you hear or have gotten any benefit from what we're doing over here, then please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and look for the big Amazon button. Hey, thanks in advance. Well, stop the presses or whatever machines are making the gladiators. It's not uncommon for vehicle manufacturers to occasionally get something wrong or something to slip by the QC department, something that causes a recall to be issued. We've all heard about countless recalls over the years right here on the Jeep Talk Show. But out of all the recalls that I myself have reported on, I have never heard of one that led to a stop sale order. Sure, there have been some pretty serious recalls over the years, too. Faulty welds, shifting and ignition issues, risk of fire, engine failure, and even loss of control of the vehicle, any of which could lead to a serious crash and possibly kill you. But none of those required FCA to call for a stop of all sales of a particular model. Stopping vehicle sales is a serious business. Car makers make money on volume, so it's imperative that dealerships have the ability to sell said vehicles that are in demand. Stopping that is an immediate blow to the bottom line to both the automaker and the dealer. This week, FCA called for a complete stop on all Jeep Gladiator JT truck sales and initialized a recall of over 3,400 Gladiators to repair a problem that could lead to a fractured drive shaft. These trucks were delivered without grease in their monoblock drive shaft joints, which could then seize after a period of use and cause the rear drive shaft to fracture and separate. Thankfully, no accidents or injuries related to the issue have been reported. According to NHTSA, or the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the vehicles were built from December 15, 2018 through June 25, 2019. About 5% of the recalled trucks are suspected to be missing the grease, but with something this serious, they're not taking any chances. The Wrangler-based Gladiator is Jeep's most important new model this year and its first pickup since 1992. Over 7,000 were sold through June, which was when Fiat Chrysler filed its latest quarterly sales report. 
Affected donors will be notified, but can also search the NHTSA website for information using their vehicle identification number. We'll, of course, have a link to that in the show notes on the website for this episode. My God, that is bad. I, I yeah, just that's serious. really surprised that they missed something like that. Um, well, and exactly. And the question arises, okay, is this something that is applied or, you know, is, is installed with a robot? Is this something that is done by human hands? I mean, you think a greasing of a joint would be something that w- would be kind of one of those checklist items, exactly. you know, that goes through. So I don't know if this was something on the assembly line that failed during production, if this was just something that slipped through QC, or if this was something that was human error. I, I don't know. And I don't think we're ever going to find out from FCA. Um, but thankfully, they caught the issue and are addressing it post-haste. But could you imagine being the guy that has to go t- tell Mike Manley that we're stopping production? Uh, <laughs> we're not well, going no, to be making pro- any, any uh, new Jeep trucks for a while because we got well, this no, issue? I don't, I don't think production has stopped. I believe production is still going, but they, they have um, put a stop sale order. So all the dealerships currently, oh. as, of, as of the time we are recording this right now, dealerships cannot sell you a gladiator at this point in time that makes um, sense unless they have you know very specific clearance from fca or jeep uh to do so but as it is right now as we are recording the show uh fca has put an, an all stop on all gladiator sales until this issue is resolved because yeah, they want to make sure that they're, they're not selling one that's going to have this issue i got it exactly. when, when you read that i was like oh my god that they literally aren't selling these things they're not making them anymore and then i thought what a wonderful way to jack up the prices. <laughs> <laughs> it's like diamonds. We only made so many. And yeah, sorry, there's a little mishap at the factory, so this is all you're getting. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, definitely a serious issue. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, driving down the freeway and the front of my drive shaft grenades and, you know, pole vaults the back of my Jeep uh, into the next lane or something. I mean, just, yeah, this is serious. Uh, you know, other issues and recalls aside, you know, as severity and, and however they may have affected you or somebody you know who, who drives a Jeep that had a recall or something like that, this is one of those that that can be life-threatening. So, um, definitely want to be, uh, you want to be on top of this. So, if you or somebody you know uh, has recently bought a Gladiator, let them know about this. Direct them over to the NHTSA website or our website for the link to where they can find out more information. Well, I was exclaiming on last week's show about how much I love stupid criminal stories. It seems the Jeep gods were listening and decided to teach one Arizona business owner a lesson giving me more fodder for the news canon. To that end, I present to you this week's dumb criminal story. It was Tuesday morning when a local business owner on his way to work briefly stopped in at a local convenience store in the 800 block of South Main Street in Cottonwood, Arizona for some refreshments. When he came back out, his Jeep was gone. A story we hear about all too often. But what if I told you that it was his own damn fault? (laughs) Now, ordinarily, I put all the blame on the criminals, and rightly so. I hate thieves. I'm sure you do too. Enough said. But this time, the story has enough stupid in it to go around. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, but if I owned and drove around every single day a well-built, lifted and armored JKU on 37s, I probably wouldn't leave it running unlocked with the keys in it as I went in to buy a Slurpee. Well, lesson learned, as it was only until about 2 p.m. that same day that Cottonwood police found the stolen Jeep at a Cornville residence. It was there that they arrested 20-year-old Michael Dean May Jr. According to the police report, the keys to the stolen Jeep were found in May's pocket, and he was taken into custody without incident. 
Police also reported that the thief had been seen by a business owner pacing back and forth in the same strip mall where the Jeep was taken just prior to it being stolen. Sounds like he was casing the area. Cottonwood police handled things internally, but also posted on social media asking people to keep an eye out. They, of course, received several tips of the Jeep's location because of the Jeep's bright orange color and large business logos on the side. Kind of hard to miss, which also begs the question, why steal such an eye-catching, one-of-a-kind vehicle? One would think it would be from sheer stupidity, or maybe it was he was under the influence of meth or heroin or something like that. Nope. Conwood police interviewed May about taking the Jeep when he was asked whether he had had permission to take the vehicle or not. He simply replied, well, it, it was running. <laughs> The 20-year-old kid was booked into the Yavapi County Detention Center for unlawful use of means of transportation, a felony offense. The Jeep, which was returned to the owner, didn't appear to be damaged or missing anything except for a little bit of fuel from May driving it around. So, happy ending, I guess, and a lesson learned the hard way. You know, I can't help but think of uh, several politicians talking about uh, you know, us getting rid of our vehicles, and then we have this uh, share thing where... You, you just go out and take a vehicle that's government provided and then you take it oh, to wherever. We have those programs out here in Portland. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they, so, have, they have that in D.C., but it's like a, the bicycles. Yeah, well, and the bicycles, certainly. But, I mean, actual vehicles is what the, what I'd heard about. And uh, this guy's just from the future, Josh, is, is what I'm telling oh, you. Oh, that's what it is. He's a time traveler. Gotcha. <laughs> a, he didn't know that this wasn't something. He's not a history buff, so he wouldn't know. But uh, that would, and of course, that, it didn't make that in the police report because the cop wouldn't oh, want to be deemed crazy. Or no, something. Sure. but no, the government hushed that up. The men in black All came right. by and said, yeah. "No, no, time travel <laughs> does not exist." Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, the Vulcan uh, Science Academy has uh, deemed that uh, time travel does not exist. Yep. Well, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, boy, we would sure love to hear what you have to say about some of the stuff we say. Be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com/contact and find out how. Hey, coming up a little bit later in the show, interview with Trail Recon. That's right, Brad is back, but this time he brought a new Jeep. We'll find out what it is, what it's for, and how it's built in just a little bit. And its color. I was trying to avoid <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> we need to edit it out. Also coming up uh, very soon in Tech Talk, topless season is almost over. I, I don't think so. I, I I don't agree with that at all, Josh. I still like but you live in a different. I still like coming region. home and uh, topless season still being well in, enforced. Uh, <laughs> we, we will have a quick and easy hack to keep your dome light from killing the battery in uh, your older Wrangler when going topless, and it doesn't involve remote removing the bulb or fuse. Oh, that's interesting. I figured it was going to be the fuse thing. You're listening to a four x four radio network podcast. So you got to go over and listen to Trail Chasers uh, podcast. The most recent episode, uh, Cody and Matt and the other guy uh, give away a set of Nexon tires. You got to go over there and find out who won those tires. You know, it could be it you. Sure, the hell it wasn't me. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I've listened. Uh, so you go over and check it out. It's just one of the great shows that's part of the Four by Four Radio Network. Shut up and listen. <laughs> So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G Mama. So another update on my extreme off-road adventure. I'm so excited because my Jeep now has three floors in it. 
I have a Jeep basement, a Jeep attic, and my main Jeep floor. So my Jeep basement, that's where I removed my rear seats. They're out. And now I have a wood platform that's over that area and is flush with the rear trunk. So it's like all the way straight across. Um, I just did half of the, um, I didn't make the panel go all the way to the back. I just did half because I didn't want to put anything extra in my Jeep that I didn't need. And, you know, this is a temporary thing. So I had a friend at work form cut the platform to fit that little area. And then I was being very impatient because he was going to cut out little hatches and build like a frame. And um, I, you know, he had to do that in between jobs at work and I got impatient. So I got out my handy dandy handsaw. Um, I was doing it old school to cut some two by fours to make a stand. And I thought I pretty did a pretty good job. It's pretty solid. My two tool bags, the high lift jack, the high lift base, my air compressor, my rain boots underneath that platform. There's still so much room for so much more. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And I'm going to be able to I don't, I'm not going to have to lift this platform up to get this stuff out. I can just like open my side doors, pull out my, my jack. My jack's always been sitting under my seats. Um, I can pull out the tool bags. Everything is easy accessible. So then you got my Jeep attic, which um, Brian from Carolina Trails Off-Road had one in his Jeep. And I saw it when I was at Roush Creek. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to have this. You know how I am with my shelves and storage, guys. But this is the Molly Platform Solutions overhead shelf. And it is so cool and it fits so much. It goes over your roll bars. If you're thinking of where your back passenger seats are, it would be like right above those seats covering the headrest and then like moving back into the trunk area. And it sits up pretty high. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're going to bump your head. And no, it's just fine. Um, I still like when you go topless, I'll still be able to stand up and it won't be in the way. Um, so I'm thinking that's where I'm going to store my clothes and my personal items, um, things that I need to get to every day. Um, I'm still working on that. And then I have my main level, which will be my, like your entertainment sleeping level. Um, I don't know who I'm going to be entertaining, but, um, Anyway, that's where I'll have my um, twin foam mattress that I modded. And right now I have my Molly Ammo Can Carrier shelves, which I've talked about before from More Ride. Um, and I love those shelves. They go right over the wheel well. And I have a little platform. I now have little tool bags there. And that's going to be my kitchen and camping items. And then behind the Molly panels, I can still put some stuff and then I can attach a molly bag. And there's, even if I had molly bags on both sides, there's still enough room for me to lay out in that mattress and sleep. Um, one of the YouTube um, comments on my mattress mod um, video, they said, oh, now you got your mattress mod, you need to cut your legs so you can fit in the Jeep. <laughs> and no, I don't. I'm only 5'6", so I fit just fine. So I'm really excited. Um, everything fits in there. Um, I just want to do a shout out to Willie Wagon. I'll be seeing him at a women's wheeling and he's going to be giving me some of his roto packs so I can have some extra gasoline, which I really, I talked to Sam from um, the Trans America Trail and I'm really probably not going to need those because 
if you time it just right, you're going to be hitting gas stations. You can get off the trail and go get a gas station. Um, so right now, the only thing I'm looking for is a place to put my extra fluids and parts, which Jeff at Adrenaline Off-Road is um, collecting for me. And Neil is going to be carrying everything else in Maggie May, the 1980 Grand Wagoneer he's building. He has a shower, solar panels, the Costway fridge that we got that's working great right now. Neil's been running it ever since he got it. Um, he has a stove and a grill and all the kitchen wear. Because remember, he's living in, this is where, this is his home. So he's set up for permanent. So, um, and I'm pretty set up for my Jeep setup now. And it's, now it's time to make sure the mechanical part of my Jeep works. So today I took my Jeep over to um, Jeff at Adrenaline Off-Road because Sean from Tom Woods Drive Shaft wanted me to make sure my drive shaft was working properly. Originally, he wanted me to take it off and send it to him so they could look at it and fix it if it needed to be. But since my Jeep is a daily driver, I wasn't sure I could get it shipped to Utah and do all that. So Jeff checked it and it's all good to go. However, well, under my Jeep, he noticed the front pinion flange had some excessive play. And he's suspecting the pinion bearings are worn down. And he said, you know, is, are you still under warranty? The powertrain warranty. And I'm like, gosh, I don't know. And so um, I called Adam's Jeep and they checked my VIN number. And the warranty runs out this October 31st or at 53,000 miles which I'm at 47,000 miles. So I got to get up early tomorrow morning and head to Adam's Jeep and they're going to look at it. They think possibly since I don't hear any noise in there that it's possibly just needs to be tightened. That's what they're saying. So right now I'm not really sure, um, but I sure got that sinking ug feeling in my stomach. Um, and it was just like, oh, I can't have this happening now, but my overland partner, Neil, uh, he's totally set me at ease. He said, even if they tighten it up and it fails while we're out there, there are Jeep dealers all over the country that I'll be able to fix it. And Neil even said he could fix it on the trail for me. So I'm so thankful that I picked such a great um, teammate. Um, he just did a JK build for a guy who is so ecstatic with his build he now has folks lining up with their builds and I'm like, don't build any more Jeeps. We've got this trip. We've got to get done. So um, the other thing is my more um, my mountain off-road enterprises oil pan tranny skid, which I had to take off because it was rubbing the exhaust pipes um, since I banged it really hard on a rock. So I've got to call into them to see what they suggest it could possibly be covered under their rock warranty um, or I'm just going to have to bend it back. So I'm just waiting to hear back from them. And then the last thing is tires. Both Neil and I are waiting for our Nexon tires. And I'm so excited to try these out, especially after Tony, Tony's trip and all the great positive things and all the things Cody last week on the Jeep talk show talked about. So phew. That's just so much stuff. Oh, and don't forget, I still have my GoFundMe page. If you donate to my GoFundMe page for this trip, you will be entered extra 
um, in my 5K giveaway. And we have t-shirts for sale, thanks to Nate um, for designing the t-shirts. And any extra proceeds are going to go to Four Wheel to Heal. And you can go over to my blog at jeepmama.com. And on the right-hand side, there's links to everything um, that I just mentioned here. So, oh, and Tony and Josh, you know, while I was working on my three-level Jeep, a local Jeeper, um, neighborhood Jeeper stopped by while I was working on my sleeping platform. Um, Shodi, Shodi stopped by in his XJ and he gave me some help. I don't know if you remember, but Shodi was the kid who got in an accident in his XJ and rolled his Jeep. He got hit by a pickup and it was totaled. He was devastated. Um, this kid has worked so hard and he's actually building his own Jeep um, with his own hands and saving his money. And so I set up a GoFundMe page to help him get back into a Jeep and he has another XJ. It's silver. And man, that Jeep has come a long way. Um, he considers his Jeep a show and go. He likes to keep his Jeep shiny. And man, it is so shiny. But he also likes to go off-road. And just recently, he went to Jeep Week in Ocean City and wheeled the obstacle course. Okay, I have Shody here. Shody's the one who got in an accident with his XJ, and now he has a new XJ. And he took it out to Ocean City Jeep Week and was running the obstacle course, and it was raining and muddy. muddy. And so how, how were people doing on the obstacle course? It was a little bit of a challenge for everybody, and a lot of people were getting stuck. But for me... I guess I'm just that good, and my Jeep did not get stuck. So the people who were getting stuck, what kind of Jeeps were they in? They were in Wranglers, what? TJs mostly. Uh-huh. And what do you drive again, Shody? I drive an 01 XJ. And when you made it through the obstacle course, you rolled down your windows, and what did you yell to everyone? I said, XJ's rule. <laughs> so he actually, I know, he actually um, did that obstacle course twice, and he... Um, he was so the excited. The second time was backwards, blindfolded, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I am so happy for him. He is so, he is just, just absorbing this Jeep life. And um, he uh, he's talking about doing long arms and he wants one tons. And I mean, this kid knows his Jeep stuff. So, um, so Tammy, I, I think I may have mentioned this to you before, but if not, uh, I want to make, make, make sure you know about it now. Uh, make sure Shody knows about uh, Ironman4x4fab.com because uh, okay. he uh, Andy does more than just uh, XJ stuff over there, but uh, he's got a lot of really good uh, XJ components. And in fact, my long arms uh, for my XJ are from uh, Ironman4x4fab.com. So, yeah, some um, of the best bang for the buck. Oh my God, uh, Andy just builds this stuff. It is so damn beefy. And if you're going to roll a Jeep, that's what you want. Right. <laughs> There's some good stuff on there. Uh, you can always move it to the next one. I'll definitely let him know. So uh, I got to apologize. I, I I didn't realize this when I said this, and I just uh, I, I probably hurt uh, Neil's feelings whenever I made the joke about you could swing the shower arm out and shower the, oh, the homeless no. people because Neil no. himself is a homeless person. No, he, he's not homeless. <laughs> he lives in his vehicle, right? He lives. Well, that's his home, <laughs> and he's he's. You know, uh, Josh knew something was up when I said I gotta apologize. (laughs) But I just Tony never apologizes. No, I know. I was gonna say something, but you know, there are Bob Wells. If you search him on YouTube, he's um, he lives in 
his vehicle. Anyway, he's very inspirational. You know, and there's two different kinds of, of there's homeless people by choice. They want to live this life. And then there's homeless people who actually don't want to be homeless. So, you know, some people, I, to be honest with you, I would love just to live out of my Jeep and travel. Have you, uh, have you lived without AC before, Tammy? <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I grew it. up. I grew up without AC. Oh so. my god! Yeah, the horror. So, anyway, um, I'm sure Neil will get a kick out of that. Sorry, he'll Neil. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll be listening tomorrow. He's 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 a good good sense of humor. Um, so, folks, coming up later, another person with a good sense of humor. We're going to hear from oh, Nikki G. So sweet. We need your help. No, not with Nikki G. We've been doing this show since the, uh, since the get the tape. We, we've been doing this show since the end of 2010, and we've worked hard over the years to bring you interesting and entertaining content. We do our best, at least. And after all this time, the show is recently having to pay to publish the show to the internet. I know nothing's ever for free, but we want to do more. But we can't do it without your help. Please go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the support our show with the subscribe button just below it. For about two bucks a month, you can help out the Jeep Talk Show, attend more events, buy stickers to send you for free, and get more listeners. More listeners means we can do more for all of you. If you like the show, if you want it to succeed, well, please consider supporting us with your paid subscription. And I'll, I'll mention we have uh, gotten some subscribers, so thank you very much to you guys that have uh, heeded our call for help. Are you running out of time for all that tech talk? Oh, I guess I am quite busy, Mr. Voice out of nowhere. Then how about a quickie? Oh, geez, I don't know. We just met. I'm really not that kind of... It's time for Just the Tip. Oh, well, you could have at least just bought me a drink first or something. Oh, hey, watch it. Oh, what are you doing back there anyways? Now, if you're the owner of an older Jeep Wrangler, you may have experienced some frustration with the interior dome light. For those not in the know, removing the doors on a warm day or for a little bit of open-air fun can lead to a dead battery. This happens because the Wrangler's light stays on because the door is no longer there to depress the switch to shut the dome light off. And unless you remove the fuse to that circuit or pull the bulb itself, either way, you're going to lose your light. That is, unless a custom shutoff switch is added. And this little peace of mind will come in at the low, low expense of some very basic wiring and maybe a trip to the parts store or wrecking yard. Now, despite projects like this being about as simple as a wiring job gets on a Jeep, you still need the proper tools and supplies. A good set of terminal crimpers is first up, and outside of normal everyday hand tools, you're likely not going to need much else. What we're going to do here is interrupt the door switch's feed to the dome light itself with a toggle switch of some kind. This can be a simple little paddle switch or something like a slider switch. Either way, it needs to be a switch and not a momentary on-off button. Now, what you're going to do here is find the wire or the wires that go to the door switch. That's a little plunger device that sticks out of the door seam by the hinge of the door, hinge side of the door. They can be found in the kick panel, the area adjacent to the footwell between the cab of the Jeep and the body. There's a space there where wires pass from one area of the Jeep to another, and you should be very easily able to trace the wires from the back of that door switch, which is very easily seen, down to where you can get to a few inches of those wires to work with. Now, you're going to cut just one of those wires, if there's two of them. If there's one, well, you don't have to do any math. And install the switch in line on that one wire. 
So long as the connections or terminals used are insulated, you can simply tuck the switch into the kick panel or route it up to the rest of your switches or install it in a custom switch panel. Now, when you take your doors off, just flip the switch and the dome light is turned off or bypassed, if you will, as if the doors were shut. Depending on how it's wired, your Jeep may need this done to both doors or you can install the switch in line to the main feed going to the dome light itself. Now, if your wiring and fabrication skills are a little better, you can source a dome light that has a built-in switch to itself and retrofit this into the Jeep in place of the existing dome light to create basically the same effect. Two different ways to go about the same problem, and depending on where you source your parts from, this could potentially cost you absolutely nothing. Is this true on the, uh, I guess it would be true on all, all the Jeeps, uh, even the XJs that take their doors off, you could do the same thing. Um, I know on the TJ, my wife's uh, 2003 TJ, they have a uh, the, they have a special, I, I call it a fuse, but it's not really a fuse. It's kind of like a, a jumper uh, that they have on the fuse, bo- fuse block that actually uh, you can remove that uh, jumper, and now you've disconnected the, um, the those, those plungers that uh, uh, measure the door uh, being open or closed, which I had, to, let me tell you I had about to take it out of hers. In working in the um, in the automotive electronics field for over a decade, how many of those jumpers were missing completely? Gone forever out yeah. of the fuse blocks. Yeah. So I, it, Tony's right, though. It is a solution that is this feasible by pulling that jumper or the fuse itself or just the light bulb itself. But, you know, that is a piece of equipment that then you have to keep track of or keep in your pocket. You don't want to keep glass in your pocket. That's not a good thing. Uh, You know, even if it's an LED light or something like that, again, it's something that you have to keep track of. And if you're, you know, like a lot of people and you have your doors off for months at a time, who knows where that little bulb or jumper went that you put somewhere three months ago. So, you know, it's one of those things to where this is a little bit more of a permanent solution that gives you a little bit easier access and convenience. Yeah, where I was going with that is if you if you have a hard time finding that uh, that plunger wire or wires, you could literally tin foil. You just wad up some bubble gum wrappers and shove it in there. You'll be good to go. Well, a twenty two uh, long uh, long <laughs> bullet will be uh, probably better for that. But you could literally just go to that jumper and do the same thing the jumper was doing. That's where I was going yeah. with that because that it's right there behind the uh, the glove compartment uh, box and. Uh, maybe a little easier to get to. The lighting's better, so it's always better to go where the lighting's better, right? <laughs> now, Tammy, I, 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 we kind of interrupted you a couple times. Yeah, you sound like yeah. you were trying to jump in there and uh, and say something. No, what, what do you got to, to add to this? Oh, I just, you had me confused the whole time because I missed the, if you are an owner of an older Jeep Wrangler. Ah, that's why I put that in there because, yeah, yeah. You JK owners, JKU owners do not have to worry about this right. problem. Really? Yeah, because I was like sitting here thinking, God, because I remember driving when I was having issues trying to get my doors off, and we got them off, and I was driving home in the in the dark with um, the doors in my back seat, and I'm like, gosh, I don't remember that dome light being on. <laughs> and, and then I read older, and I'm like, oh, they probably solved that problem by the time they got around to making my Jeep. Yeah, so it's just for you older Wrangler owners out there, uh, something you'll have to uh, take into consideration. Now, obviously, some people are just fine with uh, popping the fuse or popping a bulb. But for those out there that are looking for uh, another little weekend tinkering project, well, this might be something to add to the list. You know, they could put uh, one of those eject buttons on there. That would be really good. You could just hit the, the button and scare your passenger. <laughs> eject, yeah. No, don't hit that. <laughs> 
Well, if you have anything to add or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, something you would like for us to cover or address here on the show, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Alexa, ask the Jeep Talk Show to play the latest episode. Welcome. You can listen to all the episodes of Jeep Talk Show, a Jeep podcast, including new episodes as they are released. For now, you'll start with the most recent episode, but you can change by skipping forward or backward. You can even say how many episodes you'd like to skip. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and uh, we have a reoccurring uh, character here <laughs> on the show. Uh, you know him as Brad, the creator of YouTube channel Trail Recon, uh, which he has, uh, and his son has started a little over three years ago. His videos bring viewers along for the ride on some amazing off-road adventures, and he shares the projects he's working on in the garage on one of his four, or is it now five Jeeps, uh, Brad? Is it five Jeeps? five brad is a retired navy corpsman and while uh, his jeep is silver he does have one yellow and three tammy three red jeeps in the family yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> rub it in tony you can follow brad at uh, youtube.com slash trail recon or instagram.com uh, at trail recon and I, I highly recommend you go over and check out the uh, the videos on youtube uh, Brad uh, and his son uh, do some wonderful work uh, in getting some really cool shots. It's not your standard uh, jostling around inside of a vehicle. Uh, outside shots, you get a very good sense of the uh, the, the area that they're in. Uh, and I've commented before, Brad, that you, uh, you've, you've got really some good camera work going on there. Mm-hmm. And, and anybody Definitely. that's tried doing anything like that, it's very time-consuming not only to set it up uh, and get the shots, but also to edit it. Anyway, Brad, thank you very much for being with us again tonight. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be back on the show again. I'm r- really excited to talk to you guys. And uh, and I'm sorry, Tammy, I did buy another red Jeep. <laughs> I know. What, 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 what were you thinking? He, oh. He's thinking He's thinking YouTube. He wants the Jeep to be seen, yeah. Tammy. Oh, I don't want ju- to jump ahead too much here. But, we, we, but it's more than just a red Jeep. It's a red... What kind of Jeep is it? You don't know what kind of Jeep it is, Tammy? No, I'm. Well, the other people out there <laughs> don't know. We need to let our. Well, that's the main know. reason why Brad's here is because he oh, bought okay. a. It's a 2020. Is that correct, uh, Brad? Yeah, it's a, considered a 2020 Gladiator. Gladiator, the Jeep uh, truck, uh, the thing that hasn't been around for, for decades. Jeep finally has a new Jeep truck. And when I saw. Uh, Brad, w- which was temporarily named Bastard Brad for getting one of these. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. I mean, how many are there out there? And he's getting one. But anyway, a beautiful red. Uh, and it's a Rubicon too, right, Brad? It is a Rubicon. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was interesting because I had talked a while back. I was like, you know, you could get the sport package with, uh, with the trailer package and get those Dana 44s. And, and I thought that would be the best, best way to go, but I ended up getting the, the Rubicon version just because it's got a lot more creature comforts to it. Yeah. yeah. I, now, I saw the video, Tammy. I don't know if you saw the video. I think it was, was it just a couple of weeks after you picked up the Gladiator that you did that first video, the walk around? Yeah, I did a, I did a full kind of introduction uh, video, and then we've done a couple since then, you know, first time off-road, and then a couple of the upgrades we've been doing along the way. 
So uh, I was really impressed with all the little things that Jeep has put in there. Uh, none of them come to mind, but I remember uh, that there was just subtle nuances. And I'm not talking about Easter eggs. They were, they were things that were useful. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the J, a lot of the stuff is carried over from the JL platform to the Gladiator. But then, you know, the whole truck bed and the, the, all the rail system that's back there, the, you know, the lights they put in there, the, the electrical outlets, a lot of the stuff that's actually going to really help me out a lot, uh, you know, as, as I build this up as an overlanding vehicle. I think they kind of thought a little bit about that, you know, the stuff that we're yep. going to be using these things for. So there's been a lot of complaints about the Jeep Gladiator in as much as it's not really uh, an off-road vehicle due to its uh, poor departure angle. I almost get the feeling after watching your video that uh, maybe Jeep was designing something for overlanding. Uh, did you get that kind of feeling whenever you were looking at this and now that you've got it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a, a, a target audience just for this specific vehicle. You know, I mean, people that they want to go off-roading, but they have a truck and the overland community. I mean, I, I can't think of a better vehicle for what I'm going to be doing for some of these long trips to have. It, it's I mean, I'm already loading it out with some of my gear uh, and we've already hit the trail several times. And it's just been perfect uh, for me and my son off-road. Uh, I, I think it's a great concept. And I can't wait to see, you know, what some of these other people are coming out with because there's a lot of builds going on right now in preparation for SEMA. And so you're already starting to see all the cool things that people are doing with the Gladiator. It, it's pretty exciting. So what is your favorite um, part of the the Gladiator, The you know, with the interior and all these little, you know, like the electrical outlets and the rails? And what would you, what's your favorite so far? Uh. I, Honestly, it's just all the creature comforts, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the radio system, the navigation system. I mean, this, the, the interior is just much more comfortable than my JK. I, I love my, my Wrangler, uh, but now after, you know, I drive the Gladiator a couple times and I hop in my JK, I'm like, oh, I kind of miss a couple of little things in there. You know, I mean, right. the I, I actually got in my, my Jeep today and I went to go do the push button start. I'm like, oh, I need to turn the key. <laughs> right. Yeah, I got to, to test drive one, and for me, I like organization stuff and storage and, you know, a place for everything, and I loved how you could lift up the seats, and they have these little storage places, which to me, again, goes back to the whole overlanding thing. You know, they're thinking about where people could put all their, you know, because Jeepers have lots of stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, all my underseat storage has become all my recovery gear stuff, which used to be, you know, kind of in bags stuffed in the back of my Wrangler. Now it's right. much more organized. I just lift the seats up and I got a toe strap or, you know, shackles or whatever I need. It's right there. It's really convenient. So does the does the Gladiator still feel Jeepy? Uh, you know, you mentioned that the, uh, the it's, it's a lot more smoother and creature comforts and stuff. Does it still feel like a Jeep to you or or, do, or is the JK what you consider to be more Jeepy? I don't know. I, I think I think if you want to say what's Jeepy, I mean, you got to go back to a CJ, right? You know, that, yeah, that is yeah. that's Jeepy. <laughs> this, this is more modern and got some creature comforts. Um, you know, you feel like you're driving just a really comfortable off-road capable vehicle. It just happens to say Jeep on it. And, you know, it, I mean, but I, but it's already taken me on some pretty good trails. And now that we lifted it and put some bigger tires on it, we're going to do a little bit harder stuff. So, I, I mean, it's got the Jeep capability built into it. Now, I know the folks can, uh, can find out on your YouTube videos, uh, youtube.com slash trail recon. 
Uh, but if you don't mind sharing, what, what kind of uh, lift and uh, tire size did you go with? Uh, so initially I didn't do any lift and, uh, and we, you know, we just kind of ran it stock for a while. Cause I just wanted to see what the capabilities of it were. I actually did a video that you guys can go check out on the channel where we just took it off road and, and we scraped the bottom a little bit, but we wanted to see what it could do, you know, in stock form and, and that breakover angle and the departure angle, you know, they're a little bit of a factor for sure versus, you know, a Wrangler. Uh, but then I put 35s on it, uh, bone stock, uh, suspension. And we drove it around that and we did a couple trips on those. And then just um, just this last uh, week, uh, I put a two and a half inch uh, Icon lift and 38 inch tires. Wow. I haven't had it out on the trail yet, but uh, but I think it's going to be so much more capable. I, mean, I don't think that depart uh, departure angle and breakover angle are going to be as big a deal anymore. We're talking about you're going to use this for your overland. Um, are you going to like build like some sort of, you know, topper for the, the the bed for like you know a sleeping area or do you just are you just going to use a tent and use that for storage or how, how do you how do you plan on doing that so uh the first actually one of the first things i did was installed a, a lightener rack so it's this big storage system rack which has these uh, side pods which are storage uh, capable and then it's got some rotopacks you can put on there and then we put the the roam tent on top and uh, initially, I was like, oh, this will just be kind of temporary because it's open air and everything's going to get dusty that I put in the back. But but I kind of like the setup now because it still allows me to use the truck bed. I mean, I've been using it like a truck when I need to. If we need to haul furniture or whatever, and it's been nice to have that ability. I, I know that there's some people that are going to be, you know, building shells and, you know, uh, camper style stuff. I don't know that I want to lose the truck bed aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty happy with the with the rack system that I have on there right now. So do you think you're in danger of uh, losing the JK and going completely to your uh, Gladiator as your primary vehicle? No way. <laughs> <laughs> hang on. Hang on. We got to get a, a ding ding. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, when I saw that uh, that video that you had got that, I was like, oh, crap. I hope he doesn't get rid of the, the Wrangler. Or, or at least, you know, if you were going to uh, maybe upgrade it to the JL or something, at least keep a Wrangler. So, because no. I don't, rightly or wrongly, and I, and I haven't even seen, uh, I, I actually have seen a, a Gladiator, uh, very rarely I've seen one, and but I've never actually touched one or driven one, so I may be incorrect, and you can correct me on this, it, it, it just, and that was kind of my GP question, I just kind of get the feeling that it's a, it's a pickup truck, and it's not the same thing as uh, what we would uh, consider uh, a Jeep, I, gu I guess it kind of goes along with the, the long wheelbase of maybe an XJ or maybe some of the uh, the prior generation Jeeps that have long wheelbases, but uh, it just doesn't seem like uh, the the off road vehicle, um, the tight turns and in between the trees type type vehicle. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've taken my my Wrangler places that I will not take the Gladiator. That's that's hands down. But uh, you know, for some of the long trips we're going to be doing, the Gladiator is the way to go. But look, I've had lots of people ask me, did you sell your JK? And there's no way I'm getting rid of that thing. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean look, I, there's there's only two cars that I've had an emotional attachment with. And one was a 1972 Pontiac and the other one is my Jeep Wrangler. I mean, I have had so many amazing adventures in that thing. And we have just, you know, it's the trails that we have gone through and the places we've been. I, I can't ever see getting rid of that vehicle. Uh, you know, it. It, it may not get as many miles on it anymore, but I'm still going to take it out. I'm still going to tinker with it. We're still going to have fun with it. You know, if my sons can drive it and we can go hit some cool trails together, you know, while I'm in the Gladiator, which is still, it'll be fun. Do you feel like you're betraying 
to JK when you're in the gladiator? I, I would. Yeah, I go in I go in the garage, it's got a little sad face kind of looking at uh-huh. me. I was like, go walk into the gladiator. <laughs> sure. You're off that redhead all day. I know what you're doing. Right. And now you're coming back yeah. to me for dinner? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to go, you know, tackle some hard trail finally, and uh, you know, she's going to let me know that she's not very happy with me. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. <laughs> now, you are, you already have a fleet of jeeps there, so you probably already know this. But Tammy, you you may not. If you give one jeep more attention than the other, the other one's going to break down on you. It's going to something's going to happen where you have to maintain it just because it's not getting enough atti- attention. I uh-huh. think the gladiator will not do as good as the jk and the jk is going to go nanny nanny boo boo <laughs> well it's it's only on the departure ankle i would think uh and uh I, I guess with the two and a half inch lift and 38 inch tires your your scraping days may not be over but uh fewer and far between yeah i mean i think uh i think on you know most trails it'll be fine you know i i think of some of the trails that i've done where there's been some tight turns around rocks and that kind of stuff and i'm like man there's no way i would have got the gladiator through some of these spots and so uh but i but i think you know i'm not gonna i'm probably not gonna do i shouldn't say i'm not gonna do the rubicon but i'm probably not gonna do the rubicon <laughs> in the gladiator uh but it, it's not really meant to be that you know if i want to go do that i'll take the wrangler famous last words right Right. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so, do you do you do you feel like your gladiator may be a tow rig at some point for your JK, or is your JK just too heavy for it? Uh, yeah, my JK is a big girl. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I enjoy the the drive, and then you know, exploring. I I don't think I'll ever tow the JK. I think if there's a trail that I want to go to, that's hard. I'll just drive out there and do it. You know, that's kind of how it all started, anyway. Right. No, I mean that, but I think that's kind of the the dream of a lot of people. Uh, like they would love to be able to uh, have a, a fancy uh, Jeep truck to tow their fancy Jeep Wrangler uh, out to the trail, and then uh, in some cases you need to legally because the Wrangler isn't quite road legal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if it was, you know, if I if it was more buggy style, you know, and I ripped the top off and roll cage and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, technically, my Wrangler is still a great overland vehicle. Uh, it's just not the comfort that the Gladiator is going to offer now. And, you know, I meant to look when I was test driving it. Um, what kind of skid plates are underneath? Are the, and uh, are, it's pretty much the standard uh, Rubicon skid plates that you get. Right. It's, it's okay. nothing crazy. Uh, mine, mine, I, when we were putting the, we had the up on the lift and we were putting the lift kit on in there, I was like, oh man, I've scraped this up a little bit more than I've already realized. So uh, we're a skid plate is on my immediate future to do. Uh, I just, I don't think I want to do steel because it's a lot of steel to put under there. I think I'm going to have mm-hmm. to find some aluminum to put under there. Right. So Brad, add any more weight to that? Yeah, it's true. Right. So Brad, right. I couldn't help but notice uh, the last time you were with us back in February, you had 120 some odd thousand uh, subscribers to your YouTube channel, and uh, prior to you being on, I of course looked because you know jealousy, and uh, you, you're now at 218 thousand. I'd like to understand why we didn't get a thank you card or anything <laughs> as a as a you know gee thank you for having me on the show and bumping me up a hundred thousand subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do a dedicated video thanking you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and, and then you'd, you'd have 218,000 people go, who the hell is the AC talking about? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, no that'd way. be funny. So it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's amazing. Just, 
Lord, how rapidly. And I know, it, I'm guessing it's all a part, a part of the, the YouTube algorithm they use for searching videos. Well, Tammy, his, his, you know, his videos may be interesting. <laughs> it may not be the algorithm. No they, no, they are, but there's a lot of people out there with interesting videos, but you don't always get to see them. But, you know, I'm told, like, the more youtube followers you get the more you're up in the search and then the more people see you the more you the more youtube you know followers you get i mean but you know i'm not an expert or anything yeah, i don't I think, think there's I think a lot it does i think it does help as your audience is growing like so when you have a hundred thousand views when you post a video there's a lot more people that watch that video initially because you have so many followers and that kind of promotes that video on youtube and so that just kind of uh builds upon itself as your following grows um but i, I mean I'm humbled that there's 218,000 people that want to watch uh, Trail Recon. I, I, I hopefully that I'm continuing to work hard and deliver good content for those guys. I always enjoy the stuff uh, uh, that you put out there, and I'm always uh, amazed at some of the shots that you have. Like I'd said earlier, it's a lot of work, and it's I know it gets easier as you get the formula down and you get the tools that you can work with, but uh, it's still a lot of work. And uh, if you folks don't know, you know, you're watching these YouTube videos and you're uh, not necessarily uh, Brad's videos, but some of these videos where people you're just giving them crap because of the quality and stuff. You know, try to make a video. You got a phone, you got a, a record button on there. Try making a video and see how how right. hard it is to make it interesting. Yeah, that's one of the things that uh, being a creator that I have really learned to appreciate. When I'm watching somebody else's video, I know how much time they put into that, and and it just it's so amazing to see these people put out great videos. And, you know, you're like, oh, man, I know that they had to stop and get that cool shot. And then, you know, they probably spent eight to ten hours editing it. There's a lot of work that goes into uh, YouTube. You have to have a passion to want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing, too, is um, for for me, I think overlanders, especially if they're, you know, because most overlanders are, are overlanding, you know, with themselves or maybe another Jeep. But you have you're not holding up a whole group of 10 Jeeps behind you. Um, so you, you do have that time to take to get the shots you want. And you're, you know, you're camping and you're, you're doing your setup and all that. So, you know, I think for like people who are off-roading on trails with a group of people, it's much harder to get all those cool shots unless you have three or four people videotaping for you just because yeah. you're not, you don't want to hold up the trail. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm guilty of holding up the trail more than once. <laughs> uh -huh. but, but people, they usually, you know, if we go out and we go out in a group, you know, five to ten or whatever. But they know coming into it, like, hey, Brad's filming this trail. We're gonna film this adventure. Right. Uh, there's gonna right. be time we're stopping and stuff. And so everybody that that I'm usually go with knows what's going on. Uh, what I try not to do is like if I go to like a Jeep Club event that I've never been to before, I'm like, I'm not I'm not filming. I'm just gonna enjoy it because I don't want to mess up their rhythm. Well, Brad, if you if you didn't gather from before, uh, awful jealous of the uh, the gladiator that you got. And uh, oh, I did have one question for you. You uh, alluded to um, something that is uh, something that that I have uh, a similar feeling about. Uh, I think you were uh, telling your uh, your uh, your audience that uh, you went ahead and went with the gladiator Rubicon uh, because of uh, I think some time constraints. Uh, instead of getting like the sport model that you were uh, talking about earlier and, and maybe doing your own lockers and things. Um, I, I don't I don't know if you went into that in detail on the uh, in the video or not. Uh, perhaps you did. But but tell our listeners why you didn't go with uh, 
getting it to a point and then putting upgrading it to the things that you would rather have in there than maybe the stock factory stuff uh yeah I, you know i think the sport model with the tow package is a great option uh especially if you know you'll, you'll save a chunk of change uh but for me you know i already knew what i wanted to do to the gladiator and having to upgrade all that other stuff that I need to do to get it to the Rubicon level was, was going to take more time. Uh, I'm trying to get this to SEMA uh, by the end of October. And so I want to, I want to get everything done in advance and that would have just kind of slowed the process down. But I think, I think if you are, you know, if you're a little frugal with your finances, you can get that sport model uh, and do a lot of those upgrades yourself and probably save a chunk of change. Yeah. How, how is the, uh, do you see any kind of performance uh, differences between what Jeep provides and what you could have done yourself? Um, I mean, there, I don't know if there's a, you, know, you, get, you do get the electronic sway bar disconnect, which, you know, you're not going to be able to do that with the sport model. You'll have to manually disconnect it. But as far as putting a button in for your, you know, front and rear lockers, um, that would be easy enough to do. The lockers themselves, you're fine with the, the, the Jeep uh, factory lockers. Yeah, I mean, they're the electronic lockers and those same ones, I'm pretty sure they're the same ones that I've had in the Wrangler or similar and, they, and they've never failed me. I've always been held, held up great. Okay, great. Well, I was just kind of curious about that because uh, I'm a firm believer in uh, uh, doing, the, doing the stuff uh, yourself because you get, you make it a little more yours and I think you can uh, get a little more bang for the buck, which is, uh, of course, what you said. So uh, we just recently got uh, approved for media uh, to go to SEMA, so I, uh, I'm going to be out there in uh, November and uh, hopefully uh, we will see you there or I will see you there. Um, the, uh, so the gladiator itself is going to be all decked out o- overland style. Uh, it's almost like Kung Fu, you know, they, they have these overland styles now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be out there at uh, SEMA this year for sure, right? Yeah, my, uh, my vehicle will be out there and then I'm hoping to, to film a ton of content and it'd be great to see you guys uh, out there. Yeah, Tammy may actually be there too. Just on this uh, this trip she's taken across uh, across the country, uh, it's just going to be a timing thing. So uh, it would be interesting to uh, actually get all three of us out there at the same time. It'd be the first time that we actually met in person. So yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah that would be pretty cool. Uh, well, Brad, uh, we've mentioned uh, your YouTube channel, which of, of course I believe is the the meat of your uh, social media uh, experience. Uh, YouTube dot com slash Trail Recon, and of course Instagram. Uh, also instagram.com slash trail recon. Is there anywhere else people can find you on the social media? Uh, we have a Facebook group, which is just trail recon. And, uh, it's a great group because, uh, folks can go in there and ask questions and, you know, share what they're doing. Uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, uh, overlanding stuff and just people doing builds. Uh, it's not necessarily all Jeeps, but there's lots of Jeep guys in there and gals. And it's, uh, it's really just kind of become a really kind of cool community. Everybody's supporting one another. Well, good ideas are not uh, solely the uh, Jeep owner's uh, uh, area of uh, expertise. So it's it's great to have others uh, jump in there and mention uh, things like that. I'm, there's a lot of Jeep trucks out there I know that are used for overlanding, which I'm, I'm sure some of that translates uh, very well into the Jeep truck. All right, Brad. Well, thank you so much for making time for us uh, tonight. And uh, we'll have to check back with you in a bit. And uh, we'll have to check back with you in seven months and see where we got your uh, your, uh, your video <laughs> count, your YouTube uh, download. <laughs> <laughs> subscribers, too. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It's always great to talk with you guys. And I look forward to listening to every episode. Thank we're go- you. We're going for a million, Tammy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
Hey, thanks again to Brad for coming back on the show and talking about Trail Recon's newest acquisition of JT Gladiator in red and how they're building it up for off-road use. We should have asked Brad if he's affected by the, uh, the by this latest recall. We have to reach out to him a little bit after the fact. Well, do you have an idea for a guest or do you work in the off-road industry yourself or maybe know somebody who does? Maybe you yourself would like to be a guest here on the Jeep Talk Show to tell your own Jeep story. Everybody's got one. We want to hear yours. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Could be you. Uh, rumor has it that uh, red Jeeps, the red gladiators were not affected and impervious uh, to recalls is what you're yeah, saying Yeah, they're 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 <laughs> just they're badass there's never anything wrong with a red jeep hey coming up next week we're gonna have casey he he is one of the guys that's building the yj that uh, don alexander of the uh, 4x4 jeep school is uh, writing a book about and uh you know uh, I, I know here's another uh trail chasers uh link but uh, uh casey is cody's brother and one of those uh, guys that lives in Big Bear Lake. So, there you go. Not jealous at all. No, no. I'm sure you can't tell by my smirky uh, <laughs> face while I'm saying lives and, and actually works there. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful there. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And, uh. This week out on the trail, uh, somebody we're riding with uh, lost a control arm bolt. I don't know if it rattled out, sheared off, broke off, or what. But anyhow, he was missing a lower control arm bolt. And of course, nobody had a bolt that was long enough to fit it. So we ended up taking a uh, 3-8 socket extension. I think it was about a foot-long extension. Oh, was the only one we had that could fit. And we stuck it in there where the bolt belongs and uh, duct taped the living crap out of it so it wouldn't fall out. And he was able to limp off the trail. And so that's about the jankiest thing I've seen. And so it got me wondering, <laughs> has anybody else seen some pretty weird creative trail repairs to get them off? I know Josh has probably got a kajillion of them. But I uh, just... Just curious what else anybody else says. Or am I the only one that just thought that was kind of weird? But that's not the reason why I'm calling. The reason why I'm calling is to tell you that today is a wedding anniversary. Wendy brought, bought me a dictionary. Yeah, brand new dictionary. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't find the words to thank her. Yeah, I know. That's lame. And, and you know, now that I think about it, I think I might have used that one before. What can I say? It's been a rough week. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. And you have a good one. Bye. Wendy says he's used all those before. <laughs> okay, class, it's time for a review. Let's check it out. Check it out. It's time for Jeep Mama's product review. Now, what is it and why do I want it? So I decided to uh, look back at my, all my, my build items, all my items that I've bought on my Jeep and kind of relook at them and how I feel about them now. And I'm going to um, talk about steel wheels versus aluminum wheels. Um, I got the black rock wheels um, for my Jeep when I lifted it for my 35-inch uh, tires. I was going to say 58. Um, yeah. I wish. I know. So... The reason they're steel construction, matte black, 
finish. They have the coned shaped lug nuts, the conical seat lug, and the caps are the cap is included. Um, a quick side note is I'm learning uh, this week because Neil got new wheels is not every wheel has the same kind of lug nuts. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, so anyway, this conical seat lug nut is sometimes called an acorn or a tapered lug nut. And this is the most common seat type. And they're available in 60 degree or 45 degree taper and six degree is the most common and it is found on most aftermarket wheels. Now the 45 degree set lug nuts have a larger and wider surface that engages the wheel. The threaded fasteners that secure the wheels to the chassis are perhaps the most critical components on any vehicle, yet they're often the most overlooked and underappreciated. So improperly sized threads or seat styles or improperly installed wheel fasteners can result in a loss of the wheel entire package. And actually, I just heard a story today, um, Jeff from a general on off-road, where the whole thing, just I think it was this past weekend, um, came off during a vehicle during operation. Anyway, with that in mind, we need to pay attention to these vital fasteners. You know, so, uh, Tony actually uh, had a had a story for us uh, when he was out in Big Bear Lake, California. One of the Jeeps that was in his crew, I think, had a wheel that just sheared off. Um, I'm wondering in the back of my head now if it was due to a improperly installed lug nuts uh, on this. If maybe they had put on a fresh set of wheels or something, brought those over from another Jeep, maybe used the old lug nuts or the wrong lug nuts in any event. Um, had uh, had the angles basically not matching of the lug nuts to the mm -hmm. seats. And this is important. I, if you, some of you are out there wondering, you know, well, why are we paying attention to lug nuts? Uh, the lug nuts are on the vehicle. They're keeping the wheel there. Uh, should be good, right? Well, if the angles don't match, there's going to be very little contact area of the lug nut itself in actual contact with the wheel itself. And we're going to be talking about literally, you know, about a human hair's width of lug nut contacting your wheel if it's the wrong angle setup here. This can result in the fasteners and the lug nuts vibrating loose, or in some cases, putting shear forces on the lugs themselves, the studs. That's the threaded part that sticks out you know, through the wheel, um, which could cause them to break and the wheel to come off in some situations. Now, when taken into perspective, the amount of side load a wheel sees when off-road, this is a seriously critical issue that should be paid attention to. Uh, especially if those out there who maybe just bought some used wheels or are switching to a completely different type of wheel, uh, had aluminum, maybe going to steel, you know, stuff like that. Lug-centric wheels need the tapered angle of the lugs to match up perfectly so that the wheel is actually perfectly centered on the axle. If the angles don't match up, the wheel could be mounted off-center, and this can cause serious, if not catastrophic, problems, especially at higher speeds or severe off-camber situations. So, if you're not sure, pull off your lug nut, get an angle finder, whatever you got to do, eyeball it, uh, go to you know your local tire dealer, whatever, tire shop, and just, you know, hey, I want to make sure that my lug nuts are the proper ones for these wheels. Uh, I heard something recently. I just want to double check. No harm in playing it safe. Yeah, and it's um, interesting when you're looking at wheels, it's not just about the look of the wheel. So should I get the shiny chrome? Should I get this or that? You know, you got to look into all the different aspects of it besides just the lug nuts. You know, you have steel versus aluminum. And the reason I went with steel is 
because it's a, a stronger um, metal. Um, aluminum is more bendy. Um, steel, if I'm correct, you can bend that back into shape. Aluminum, you you can't. I do right. have a lot of. I was um, a lot of rock rash on my wheels, but I am able to just paint it. And you know, I don't care. I'm not showing my Jeep, but. Um, Aluminum, I read, is more for those show-and-shine Jeeps. Um, they're easier to take care of um, in that aspect. So just a lot of things to look into when you're getting wheels. And the, that's the one reason I'm glad, I'm really glad I got the steel wheels because I have gotten lots and lots of damage on my wheels. So do you have an idea for a product review? Just visit our contact page and let us know what you'd like to hear in our next product review. And coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Ware. We're going to have to be using the Route 16 fire pit here pretty soon. I'm hoping. Ooh, yeah. Temperature's starting to drop. It might be, uh, yeah, perfect time, perfect part of the year to get a little outdoor fire. You know, uh, I'm my, so looking forward to that. My uh, AC has been out. I, I got a leak that I, I'm having a hard time oh, finding. That sucks. And uh, the the temps here in the uh, southeast Texas area have been around uh, hovering around 99 degrees, maybe 98 degrees, sometimes 100. And uh, the other day, just a couple of days ago, I was coming home. Uh, wind is down and I'm sitting at the light to turn into my neighborhood and, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm not all sweaty. Uh, it feels pretty good out here. And, uh, while I was sitting there at the light, I, I, I pulled up my phone. I, I went over to the weather panel that I've got set up, uh, updated it, make sure I had the, the, the proper attempt and I, I understood why it felt better. It was only 95 degrees. <laughs> so only. it was, it was refreshing. <laughs> It's we amazing what to, four uh, degrees will make such a big difference. Oh, yeah. No, four degrees is, is a big difference. Um, we might have to uh, take some time maybe next episode to, to talk a little bit about just some you know general troubleshooting uh, with your AC system, something that other people uh, might be able to, to do themselves uh, in, in their own garage and, and uh, uh, figure out what's going on without you know, forking out hundreds of dollars at the repair shop. Uh, but that will be time for another story. Uh, but that sucks, Tony. Uh, AC issues are, are never fun to deal with. Yeah, I've got some uh, some dye in there that I'm hoping will uh, clue me into where the uh, where the leaks are. I've got uh, some other uh, items that I'm going to uh, uh, install and uh, replace some O-rings just on the outside chance. If I don't see any actual leaks, I'm going to change uh, some O-rings and, and see if that uh, causes uh, a change. But you've got some news. Uh, you're uh, You're no longer driving your Jeep or something. Well, yeah, I know that sounds bad uh, on the surface, but it's actually good news. Um, uh, now, about a month ago or so, I was I was ran off the road and uh, involved in an accident, totaled my uh, daily driver, and um, I, it took me a little while to replace it. Uh, so, finally, got a replacement over this last uh, this last week, and uh, yeah, got myself a new daily driver. So, I no longer have to drive my Jeep as a daily driver. Now, I know some of you out there would be like, "So what?" You know, uh, for me, it's it's about $20 a day to drive my Jeep. It's literally over $400 a month in gas just for me to get to and from work. 
Uh, that's not including any extra running around, extracurricular activities or, you know, trips, wheeling up to the mountains, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, it's extremely expensive for me to drive my Jeep on a daily basis. Uh, now that I don't have to do that anymore, uh, that is a good thing for me because I am now saving several hundred dollars per month. So I uh, recently got uh, a new daily driver, um, retiring the Jeep back to the garage just in time too, uh, because just the other day an ignition problem showed up where um, it thinks the keys are always in the Jeep or the lights are always on. Um, so anytime I open the door, whether the keys are in the ignition or not, whether the lights are on or not, I get a beeping noise um, that the ignition is telling me, hey, uh, don't forget the keys and don't forget to turn the lights off, even though the keys are out and the lights aren't on. Those tumblers uh, do have a tendency to wear out the, on the yeah. XJs and the TJs. Poltergeist. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking at a, at a either ignition rebuild, uh, taking it apart, cleaning it, putting it back together, re-greasing it all up, you know, that sort of stuff, or potentially replacing the ignition itself. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But now that I don't have to drive it every single day, I've got time to uh, mess around and poke around with it and, yeah, figure out what's going on. Well, you know, hopefully you've learned your lesson and uh, stolen stolen Hondas and uh, <laughs> totaled vehicles and stuff. You won't uh, you won't forget about. Well, of course, the the Jeep isn't not. It's not. It's not like it's not drivable. It's just not a. No, no, absolutely not. So it's just yeah. I'm just worried just about your of, backup vehicle now because <laughs> <we know, laughs> that's that's come to bite you on the butt a few times. Um, so um, yeah, and I bet you I bet you know this. Uh, maybe our listeners don't. Uh, you can replace that tumbler uh, fairly inexpensively, I believe, uh, but then your key will be different than all the other locks on on the Jeep. But yeah. you but you can change the 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 keying uh, in the tumbler to match your old key, and it, you can do it rel- relatively easy. It's been a long time since I did it, but I had to do that on my wife's TJ because one of the door locks was different than all the rest of the locks. So, oh, wow. yeah, uh, they, I actually found out later that they, the, the Jeep actually came with half doors and because the, the, the young lady that couldn't, uh, that was driving, that was the owner of the TJ complained that she couldn't hear the stereo. They went with a hard top and full doors to try to make her stereo sound better. <laughs> and then they, then they went with a 1500 watt amp. <laughs> Well, you know, if at first you don't succeed, <laughs> yeah. So God bless them. But anyway, one of the one of the door, uh, I think it was the passenger door that was not uh, keyed the same because uh, they weren't the same doors. But they had those doors painted uh, as well so to match the Jeep because they they weren't wow. red. Anyway, so I had to rekey the uh, rekey the door, and I just went down to the Jeep dealership, and I forget what they're called now because it was several years ago. But uh, you you was literally it a tumbler kit. I mean. Or was it well the the, the little uh, the little things that you put in the tumbler uh, for uh, the shims yeah is it shims yeah uh, they're little, little 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 tumbler shims yeah they're numbered or lettered or whatever and right. you get specific ones for the the for the key pattern and I just told them which ones I needed and I bought the the shims that I needed and oh, wow. uh, took the tumbler apart and reshimmed it and. Boom! There was the uh, the key fit. Now all the keys match. So it was nicely it was, done, it, sir. It was amazingly easy. And a big shout out to uh, to Matt, uh, guy that helps me with my Jeep from time to time, because he actually told me about that. I didn't know uh, that you could do that. And it was uh, other than getting the tumbler out of the door, you know, getting to it and getting say, it out of the door. You, it's just a clip. Probably, there's, just, there's just a clip yeah, that just holds one, it in place. Yeah, but getting to one it, clip that holds, yeah. <laughs> but getting to it, I was going to say that that's the hardest part. It, you're right; it is a relatively easy procedure 
once you get to that point. Uh, but it is it, there's a little bit that goes into it. And if you've never you know pulled a door panel off and you know uh, uh, gotten into the internal guts of a door uh, and realized just how little space you have to work with in there. Uh, it, it's certainly not something that you want to try and tackle between dinner and bedtime. No, and but the great thing in your case is you're doing the tumbler, so you're going to have it in your hand. And, oh, actually, you probably have the shims that you need in the old tumbler. I just kind of yeah. come to think of it. So it should exactly. be really easy to uh, to key that to match the rest of it. I think they're like 75 yeah. bucks uh, for the tumbler. Oh, I probably get it less. I mean, it, I, what I'll likely do is just buy the whole ignition switch assembly. Um, which is, you know, the pigtail from the, the actual mechanical switch itself down. In, I think that the pigtail goes to the, uh, to the fuse block or something like that. It's, you know, about a meter long uh, uh, pigtail, but just wires that come out of the back of it or whatever. And uh, so, you know, that or, or um, yeah, I, I, I'm not, not sure exactly which way I'm going to uh, go about this. So it's, uh, I haven't even taken this apart yet. List literally showed up. This problem showed up uh, about four days ago, I've, and I the day before I end up getting my uh, my new daily driver. So uh, timing was perfect. Yeah. Did you try uh, hitting the, your your fist on the steering wheel? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Viciously, you know, uh, viciously uh, going yes. at the, uh, the, the the yeah <laughs> in, in very inappropriate actions with the key in the tumbler. Yes. <laughs> But does it really matter if you have two keys? But don't you guys remember back in the day when you had to have a key for the door and a key for the ignition? Oh, yeah. No, and you're, you're 100% right, Tammy. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. We're talking about, you know, first world problems here. Yes. <laughs> it's a matter of, of, of sheer convenience and nothing else. Uh, so it's, you're, but you're 100% right. It, it's, it's, it's nothing that matters. And honestly, this issue itself doesn't matter unless you're the type of person that stands outside of your Jeep with the door open for any length of time. Uh, just that incessant beeping would uh, kind of get on somebody's nerves after a little while. So uh, outside of that, this is an issue that I could completely ignore if I so desired. But you need to have something to fix on your Jeep because that's what we do, right? Actually, actually, I'm thinking you could get a button, a push button to put in there where the key goes. So you can just press it to start it and uh, wire in a RFID uh, reader and just hold your phone up. You know, the phone Mm. has to be in there for it to actually work or maybe one of the... you could key I do it. have you, the skill set. If you got the security card, you know, from work, you could just use oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's waving his credit card over his mirror. What's going on here? <laughs> the, hookers, the hookers are over there. They don't take credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's drunk. I don't know. Well, I've kind of filled you guys in on everything, except I was yeah, just looking you did. at my... I know. I was looking at Over my the last few on. episodes, we're, we're like completely up to speed. I know. <laughs> everyone's like, everything. okay, enough of Tammy's Jeep. Uh, but I did oh, notice. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice on my diff covers today when it was up on the rack that I don't know how I'm going to get the bolt out of one of them. It is smashed up big time. So from all uh, that You may rock have rash. to have uh, somebody just tack weld a, a bolt onto the onto the face of it uh some really good vice grips uh get in there and grab a hold of the head or, or you know the lip and and the inside of it or something like that uh uh yeah you may have to worst case scenario drill it out yeah i'm hoping um i'm gonna ask the guys at adams i have a whole bunch of extra <laughs> those oh, poor bastards yeah <laughs> Ask them. Uh, hey, you know why you're in there? That, I know. Could you take this bolt out and put <laughs> this pretty just purple one my in, differential. please? <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel and follow along. It's going to be exciting. We're 
actually, what's yeah, a month from today. Dun dun dun! Wow, time's ticking. So excited. So you know, I'd forgotten about this. I was going to mention this on the show uh, several episodes back. Uh, I was eyeballing, and, and Josh, you may already know this answer. Yeah. I was eyeballing uh, some uh, bead locks. You know, ever since I got back from California, oh, I've been like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be doing 37s anytime soon, but uh, I, I could do bead locks and air down, uh, you know, properly and stuff. And uh, I was doing some digging around, and I don't think I can do bead locks because nobody will balance them. Correct. Which so I th- what a lot of guys, well, a lot of guys do. They will uh, empty a bottle of airsoft BBs uh, into the tire before it is mounted. Uh, and oddly enough, the uh, as the tire rotates around and spins around through centrifugal force, those BBs find the low spot, if you will, uh, and the weight, the mass of those things alone in the tire itself are enough to balance it out. Yeah. Well, I think, now, yeah, I think you, there's a certain amount that you have to put in there. X amount there of ounces. is, and there's there's actually um, products specifically you know designed for that purpose, not airsoft BBs, uh, but that's where that trend all started it's from. Something that costs a thousand times more, and it, oh, it's yeah. basically the same thing. You know it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, but so, I kind of I kind of uh, hate that idea of it. So I was oh yeah I was looking uh, at maybe because uh, I was going to try to get uh, something that's a little thinner because right now I've got ten and a halfs, and I thought well if I'm going to go with uh, eight or eight and a half inch wide uh, nine inch wide uh, wheels. Uh, I might as well go with uh, bead locks, and because of the issues that uh, bead locks uh, can give you uh, as far as getting them balanced and these special situations, I thought, well, maybe I'll go with some uh, fake bead locks, uh, and I can have steel wheels, fake bead locks, and actually with the, the Nexon tires that I was going to run on it, I probably with, they have the stiff sidewalls, I probably won't have to worry about breaking a bead, especially if I'm only doing a, an 8-inch wheel. So the problem I'm having is is that I can't find any uh, fake bead locks, uh, fifteen inch, uh, eight, um, you know, five on four point five. Uh, we'll go with the ones that I have. I can't find. Well, you're. I think you're sixteen or seventeens, aren't they? No, no, they're fifteens, but they have a uh, what is it, a three and a half inch backspacing, so they're they stick out a little ways. Yeah. So that's what I ended up having to do instead of instead of ha- going with a larger diameter wheel to clear the the tie rod ends of my one ton over the knuckle steering. I just went with a tire that, or a wheel rather um, that had a, a deeper back set uh, or back spacing um, so that it pushed the back of the wheel further out right. so that it cleared the uh, cleared the rod ends. Yeah. So what I'm looking for is uh, I've looked and I can't find anything that's less than uh, fifteen thousand dollars per wheel. Uh, oh. Exaggerating, of course, uh, to two fifty to three hundred, and mm-hmm. uh, I have found some that were in the the one hundred to one twenty range. Uh, yeah, but they don't About have what I spent very many bolts around the ring, oh. and it looks oh. very obvious, at least to me, that they're not uh, they're not bead locky enough. So, gotcha. if, if if there's anybody out there that maybe knows of a uh, a bead lock that's you know. Not $200 or $300 per wheel. So I'm guessing you looked at the Mick, Mickey Thompson street locks, and those are the ones you're referring to with the uh, with the top dollar? I, I, I tried doing some searches on Google, but I also searched Amazon. So uh, it I, I, seems like everything that I found just doing the Google search, they were very expensive. 
and um, you know, remember, I'm going to be getting a set of uh, Nixon tires, so I'm going to be spending uh, a thousand or so dollars on those. I didn't want to spend two thousand dollars on wheels, but it would be, yeah. it, it'd be another fifteen hundred, I think, just on wheels. But uh, that would be a perfect time for me to to switch over is when I'm getting the new tires. And uh, with the ball joint uh, replacement uh, uh, that I'm going to do this weekend on the driver's side uh, and the new uh, wheel bearings, brakes, rotors, all that stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it set for the, the tires so that I don't wear them incorrectly. And uh, getting the proper wheels on there at the same time that the tires are going on would be the optimum time to do this. So, uh, again, if you guys know of any... Uh, uh, bead locks that would be a good a good use uh in, in my case and i'm fine with black in fact i was thinking about uh uh having the black steel wheels and then having the uh, the red ring uh oh. you know kind of an accent for the uh because i think all black i never have cared for the the all black wheels or all the the, the dark color but if i can uh, put the red ring and uh, have a bit of a showmanship of the jeep as well because i always like the form and function of of my jeep Anyway, if you can help out, that's great, and uh, would like to know. And uh, I've got uh, several things going on with my Jeep, and I mentioned the AC issue, but I'm going to have to change out my uh, header, Josh. Oh, it's I thought you just really, did. It's, no, it's, it's really loud. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you – this is weeks ago. I sent you a, a picture of a very expensive uh, header for a Jeep for a 4.0. And it looked to me to be the standard accordion style uh, header, but what they yeah. did was they had like this um, um, additional metal around the area where it cracks, so they like in- encompassed encompassed it in metal. Interesting. So it was like four hundred bucks. And uh, by the way, I don't know if I told uh, told you guys. I know I haven't told you guys on the show. I believe Nate made the comment about the Borlin. Uh, I think Borla. It's Borla. Borla. Yeah, B O R L A. Um, that he had run those for uh, several uh, set or, or not a set ran one for several years and it was good up until well, when he like sold six hundred bucks. Well, the uh, that's the bad news, but the other bad news is they don't sell them anymore. Oh, they do not make them, and I can't help but wonder they stopped making them because they were cracking. <laughs> I'm just, I, they probably just uh, didn't have as many to sell because of the XJ and the TJ market. Uh, yeah. But um, so anyway, uh, I'm not going to spend that much, but I was thinking about maybe uh, forming some metal around because what that does is if you do get a crack, it's going to be inside that little housing. Uh, but I, uh, I think also too, the, the header has a tendency to crack when water hits it. It has that heating and cooling cycle. If you enclose that in some metal, the heating is going to be more constant, and it's going to stay hot longer. And also, too, it's going to protect it from being hit by water. Well, a lot of the problem lies in aftermarket manufacturers using two different thicknesses of metal between the collectors and um, uh, the actual the tubes. Uh, the actual tubes themselves. Um, and so you'll have one thickness of metal coming out, you know, from the flange itself. But once it gets to the collector, then you have a different thickness of metal. And you end up with welds that don't have the right penetration. You end up with, yeah, this heat cycle issue where, okay, you know, suddenly we have these massive hot spots in these areas in one part of the exhaust. But over here on the header, you know, it's not quite as hot. 
And now we've got a water splash, and yeah, some issues can can arise uh, with that depending on volumes of water, ambient temperatures, yada yada yada. Right. Um, but you know, ultimately, yeah, motor mounts and transmission mount uh, are the number one cause for for those things to go out. But uh, that aside. Um, you do get what you pay for. I've gone through two cheap headers on my Jeep, and I'm not going to buy another cheap header. Um, so the one that I have on there now is kind of what I would consider a midline header. You know, it's it's not the cheapest, not the most expensive either, somewhere in the middle, because uh, I haven't had the best of luck with the cheap ones. Like a 120, or is it more expensive than that? No, I think I, I, think I was um, a little bit higher than that. I want to say like 140, 160, um, somewhere around there. I was, I was not above... I was not above 200, and I know I didn't. I, I know I wasn't that close to 200. So, right. uh, but I know I was above 120. Oh well, uh, I've got a, a brand new one sitting here that was a oh, uh, good. a warranty replacement because I thought I had a cracked uh, header, and it turned out I didn't. But it's cracked now. So mm. anyway, I got a brand so, new one new one sitting in there. So I'm gonna try to do are, that this weekend. Are you gonna maybe think about taking that cracked one out to an exhaust shop? Maybe paying 10, 15, 20 bucks to have one of the guys weld it on his lunch break and. And maybe uh, recouping some cost or something like that, or maybe having a spare, or you know, I don't. What do, what do you plan on doing with the old one? Just junking it? I'm gonna see about getting a welder here eventually, and try oh. to try to build me that little that little thing that I was describing earlier, where to actually yeah. you know weld the cracks and then put this uh, enclose it into some metal, uh, which is going to be you know fun, especially since I don't know how to weld, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to learn you know somehow. And uh, try to try to uh, copy what I saw in that picture that I shared with you, uh, where it's just like a little triangle area right around where the thing cracks, and uh, enclose that area. And then uh, whenever this one fails, I'll I'll try the one that I've fixed. So at least that's the that's the idea. Where because I got the, I got a long ways to go. I mean, not only do I have to buy the 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 MIG, I got to learn how to use it and. Uh, my understanding is it's uh, the thinner the metal, the more difficult it is to get the right setting, uh, proper penetration, yada, 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 yada. Uh, hell, there may be somebody around here near, nearby that can uh, assist me, and I'd like to do it myself, but as far as getting it set up uh, and showing me how it's supposed to look just to get me started, that would uh, probably be a big help. It's like learning how to solder. You know, you, when you first start soldering, it's not a great thing, but as you try and you go on and you see the differences – and how the penetration is on the uh, the soldering, then you have a better idea of what's successful or not. So it's nothing that uh, anybody can't learn. Uh, so damn it, I know I can do it. Here, here. Hey, we want you to join the campfire side chat. Pull up a chair, crack a beverage, and go to the jeeptalkshow.com slash contact website and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Now let's get to some events from around the world and maybe even in your neck of the woods. And don't forget to let us know about an event that you are planning or are involved with or are volunteering. Uh, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, click and fill out our wheeling wear form. That information comes straight to us. We'll get it out to the masses. We have the fourth annual Rebel Rally coming up October 10th through the 19th in Lockhart Basin, Utah. Rebel Rally is it's in its fourth year as America's premier women's off-road navigation rally. And if you remember, this might be ringing a bell for some of our um, listeners who have been around for a while. Episode 304, we had Coralie Lack, who was a competitor in this very competition. They'll go back and check out that episode. Happening October 10th through the 13th is the Bayou Mud Fest, happening at Muddy Bottoms ATV and Recreation Park in Sarepta, Louisiana. For more information, more events, and links, please visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode. 
That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Please consider telling a friend, or better yet, telling all your friends about the Jeep Talk Show. We're nobody's dirty little secret, despite that one thing we did that one time. <clears throat> so just go to Facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show and like and share what you see there. Oh, and we love hearing from you on our post, so be sure to leave a snarky reply. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Had I not rolled down the window, you might have actually smelled that one. I hope your mouth wasn't open, partner. Podcasting since 2010. Are you there? Oh, Lordy.